Hi, this is Stephen Williams from Supernatural and a whole bunch of other stuff, and you're watching Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Tune in. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. You know, there are sometimes when you're doing interviews out in the field at, at conventions and book signings and that kind of stuff, and you you have these conversations with people, uh, and sometimes they're they're writers or, or artists, or or in the particular case of, of our intro person tonight, an actor, and you ask them to do a, a, an opening blurb for us, and then they do that without the realization that it's very difficult to watch an audio podcast. But we, we let it go anyway, because that's who we are. Uh, all Area 51 recordings of Sci-Fi Saturday Night are now enhanced with riboflavin and seven essential audio nutrients to help augment your listening experience. Tonight in episode 413, we look forward with great excitement to listening to people talk about stuff while wondering, why does a quart of heavy cream weigh the same amount as a quart of light cream? Interesting, perhaps clickbait for a podcast blurb? Absolutely. On board for tonight's podcast, sitting in the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Gaming Console and Help Desk, our own taciturn technical trouble wrangler and back alley freeform fencing champion for three years running, it's Kriana. The crickets have arrived. Back in the Dank Dungeons Multiply Award-winning Department of Ebook Printout Redundancy, Please join me in welcoming Cyborg University's preeminent reference librarian, it's Zombrarian. She remembered to unmute, but has nothing to say. Or... <laughs> and me, I'm just a host, a man with a dream of having a single day without worrying about convention season, but not today. They call me the Dome. Joining us tonight... Is, is a guy who, when we talk about convention season, I never worry about. He, he is the guy who runs one of the most wonderful shows ever and a good friend of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Welcome back, the guy who runs Plastic City Comic Con, Keith Gleason. Keith, welcome back, my friend. Wow, what an introduction, Dom. That was great. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of true in, in a way in that, <laughs> you know, Plastic City Comic Con has gone from um, one room at an Elks Lodge, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to the Wallace Civic Center in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. And it's done yeah. it in such a way that you are full. You have no room for anybody else at this point. And it's the 
it's the kind of convention that I hope for, that I love. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, you and a lot of other people, it's <laughs> just great, you know, which is why we're so successful, I think, you know. Um, I mean, I, you know, like, it, it's, to me, it's, it's a simple formula, but it just works like, you know, I mean, to make things, to make things easy and simple for everyone is is actually what it comes out to be. I mean, if, if you look at it from an exhibitor's perspective, it's not a very expensive show for them to do. It's a single day, so they don't have to worry about a hotel. There's a ton of free parking, so they don't have to worry about parking. Um, it's not an, ex- an exorbitant table fee for them to get in. And they can spend their time on doing what they want to do, which is talking with the participants, talking with the people who are coming through the door. And for those people coming through the door, it's, again, free parking. Kids under twelve feet free, and an entrance fee per person of five bucks. And then, and then, like, uh, and we're also kind of like the size of like uh, a mid, you know, a mid, I guess a mid-sized convention now. I would say. Well, yeah, mid I mean, large, you're right? filling you know? up the Civic Center. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not the biggest one there. in the world, but it's a big Civic Center. That's true. I um, I went in there like a month or two ago just to figure out if I could get more tables in there, and I found a way to squeeze in like ten more. <laughs> nice. So, <clears throat> yeah, so we're almost up to like a hundred and forty vendors. You know, I I think uh, you maybe even more than that now. I'd, I'd have to count it up, but I mean, one hundred and forty spaces. So you know. Sometimes vendors take two or three spots, but like, you know, um, and and the other thing that you did too, was you limited these big comic book vendors to three tables maximum, which means these these small artists and these small uh, comic book people, you have room for more of them now. Yeah, exactly. A good balanced show. I mean, like I really, I really, when I sit down with the map and with vendors, I sit down and I, I figure out the flow of the show floor, you know, like I try to keep all the comics, um, you know, comic vendors together. I try to keep all the toy people together and all the artists together, that kind of stuff. You know, I really look at the flow of it and, um, you know, just and like what you were saying earlier about how it's, cheap for um the vendors too that was like the whole point of this this show to begin with like i i thought how can i make this cheap for both sides of the table you know customers convention goers and then also the vendors and you know uh artists and writers and you know no one's uh the, the civic center hasn't been raising my rent so i've I didn't raise any of the prices, you know, like I know often shows like every year go up or whatever. Um, I tried to avoid that. As long as my costs don't go up, I don't see a point of like wrecking that winning formula, you know? 
and and so by doing what you yeah, I mean it it works out that from my perspective, you get a lot yeah. of foot traffic. You have yep. a lot of different vendors doing a lot of different things, and and no wrestlers until this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I you know last year, last two years we had sort of like like we had we had a one wrestler two years ago. We had Tony Atlas, great guy, and then last year we had Corn Nemec, who was another great guy. But after last year's show. I, I sat down with my wife and a few close friends and I was like, I don't know if, we, you know, it's like, I don't even think we need celebrities for this show. Cause like, you know, I was looking at what those guys are making in our show and it's not a lot yeah. of, it's not a ton of money. You know what I mean? So I'm like, that's, I think the people are coming for the comics and the artists and writers and not for this. So I decided to just cut out that portion of our convention and focus on like every year getting at least one really solid like comic you know guest you and got two really odd ones the... this year yeah, or at least yeah, i, I think they're odd <laughs> i mean you know larry larry hama i know from uh yep. oh, what the hell is yeah, venom no venom is where i know him from oh you know him from venom oh, oh I, yeah yeah He's well known. I mean, probably he's most famous for his GI Joe stuff. Yeah, but that's um, that was my cup of tea, you know. So that's yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm going, oh damn! He did GI Joe. Did Bucky O'Hare? I didn't know that. You yeah, know? he created Bucky. He created Bucky O'Hare. Oh, cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, and then uh, and, and then I looked GI at Joe your stuff. other guest, and I went, oh yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is different. <laughs> Yeah, and you're talking about Barbara, I'm guessing. Barbara right? Friedlander, Barbara yeah. Friedlander. Um, yeah. Yeah, Barbara she, Friedlander um, is a writer and editor for DC, but she works yep. in, in the DC romance line. Exactly, yeah. She wrote a lot of the DC romance comics in the 60s. So w- with her, um, I have a friend that, uh, you, you know my buddy in, in Hero and John, the crazy one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's all up for it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, he's uh, sort of getting into the agent gig now. He's um, he's he's you know, he's primarily Roy Thomas's agent right now. But um, I, he met Barbara last year at Terrificon, and um, she I guess she's been so she when she was in the '60s with DC, she left. And then she got married and, you know, went on to like a normal life and she never looked back at like, you know, comics. And I guess a year ago or so, she just realized that like, you know, there's some, you know, uh, a following for comics, especially like the romance stuff. So she had done Terrificon and then she met my friend John and then she asked John if she could get, if he could get her more gigs at shows. Nice. John talked to me. Yeah. And like (laughs) right now she doesn't charge anything. Like she, she's just trying to, um, trying to get, get back out there and then make a name for herself again. So she's basically coming to the show for free. And I was like, wow, that's great. So yeah, we'll definitely promote her, you know, like, uh, so that's why, um, I have her on the site and, uh, I believe she's not, I mean, if anybody has any of her comics, I believe she's 
not charging to sign them at all, you know, which is great. So, you very know, cool. I want to meet Barbara. She's, she's very new. Uh, <laughs> you know, meet her now before in five years when uh, she's going to be charging an what? arm and a leg and <laughs> a featured guest at other shows, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's, she's, she's coming to plastic city because it's a cool little show. Let's face it. Yeah, exactly. And you yeah. know, like, um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I was saying we have our, you know, our usual staples that always come like Joe Carmagna comes up from New Jersey who, um, he used to just primarily letter for Marvel comics, but now he writes a lot of the Disney properties for them. Like he writes the frozen comics, the DuckTales, and, um, I think Wreck-It Ralph, anything that's, you know, coming out of Disney comics, uh, with IDW lately, he's usually attached to it. So he's coming up. He's a, he's a good friend of ours. Um, we got Sean Wang, which you probably know Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean has been a staple at new England conventions for as long as we've been around. Oh yeah. And the, the, the great thing about Sean is Sean doesn't do many shows and, but he's been, he's been coming to plastic. I mean, he was there year one. He did it as a favor to me. And then, you know, year one was like, it's still that one, that one for the record books, that show. But like he did gangbusters there. So every time I ask him, he comes back. <laughs> More That's to, great. You know, make some money, you know. So he's he's coming back. Uh, Rich Woodwall, I'm sure you know Rich. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, actually, Joe we Pierre. Funny story about Rich Woodall. Uh, again, Rich has been one of those guys who's, who's been around forever and every show we've been at, he's been at. And, uh, I bumped into him at a, a small little, uh, comic show about three months ago. Yeah. And he looked at me and I looked at him and we, I just said, I've never really booked you for the show. Have I? He goes, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he was on like two weeks later. And I mean, it was one of those things where, We've known each other for so long. I always assumed he'd been on the show a couple of times, and he and he never was. It was really weird. Oh, that's funny. You know what? That that was kind of like us for a while too. Like I don't. I think it the was, first time it, I ever did your show was last year. I know and we it, talked, we and always it, used to and talk about so it. And that's so wrong because we've been next to each other at conventions two or three times. Yeah, I know it's crazy. <laughs> 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 but it's like, yeah, you get into that mindset, like have I done that show before? You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm looking Stop. forward to it. Just, um, we have a, you know, a handful of new people coming. This like artists I've never heard of, which is great. Cause I, you know, I always look forward to having some fresh uh, blood at the show, you know, um, most of like all the areas store retailers are coming back, which is great. Cause you don't usually see all those guys at one show usually, you know, yeah, that's um, true. We'll have, and Betsy, Betsy never does Comic Con, so they'll be there. Um, Harrison's, you know, all those, you know, like uh, um, Holocomics, Comics, all those yep. guys. So we'll, they'll all have tables. Um, yeah, so it should be good. Um, and that's, you know, that's about it for like the, the high level creators we get coming back. Oh, um, so, so so talk to me about uh, where yep. is it? I just, Lucky Pro Wrestling. How did, where, where did these guys come from? 
Yeah, good question. I, I, I see there's signs around. Um, I think they're a local wrestling federation thing. I don't really know too much about them. I know they, they've been trying to get into the show for the last couple of years, um, but they've always been too late after all the tables have been sold. So this year they got on the waiting list early. So I was able to get, get them a spot. Um, but they said that they, they, they promote their shows that are happening around and, and they, they sell merchandise and they may have a wrestler. They may not. I don't know. I just figured, <laughs> you know, it's a local business. I'll let them in, you know, but yeah, I draw the line at, I draw the line at like, um, solar panel salesmen. And, oh, and thank like, you. I don't need yeah, new windows in my house either. Guys. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Or energy drink guys. I don't want any of that nonsense at the show. I just want, you know, like I figure wrestling kind of goes in with, goes in with the atmosphere a little bit, you know, <clears throat> especially like the 80s stuff. Like I always thought like when you watch the old 80s wrestlers, it was almost like watching like comic book battles, you know. Because they were all colorful characters, degree, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, so I was, I always felt like that kind of fit in with the atmosphere. Like I just don't, I just don't want to pay for like a, a you know, like a wrestling guy to come in, you know. I just, I, but if it's a local thing, you know, fine. Maybe they'll bring their set of audience from the area to come to the show. You know what I mean? So I think they're based out of Clinton, Massachusetts, which is a couple of towns over. What's what's also like really cool is is you've got some local artists, uh, yep. uh, and then some really really odd artists that I hadn't seen. Uh, I, like I haven't seen Ramon Gill at a show in like five years. Yeah, uh, Ramon. I, I've known Ramon, Ramon well. I've been telling him to come up and do our show forever. It, and, it's uh, so nice because I'm pulling the trigger. Uh, Boston Comic Con maybe five years ago was the last time I saw Ramon, and and yeah, he's he, a nice guy. Really, he's like a great a guy. He's, he's he had done he had done a movie, and uh, we had him on the show to talk about the movie. But he came by our booth at Boston one year and just kind of went, "Here's a DVD. Play it when you get a chance." And that was it. That was the whole. <laughs> that was the elevator pitch. Awesome. Here's a DVD. <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> yeah we i shared a booth with ramon and at one of the new york shows a couple of years ago that's how i got to know him you know matt man and brian from the secret well they used to be secret identity i think there's something else now but um they gathered up a bunch of creators to to just rent one of those huge uh New York Comic-Con booths, you know? Oh, and we Lord, still, one like, of those really like expensive eight, New York Comic-Con booths. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But every we had like eight creators, and we all paid into it, so it wasn't too bad. But uh, Ramon was one of them. That's how I kind of got to know him a little bit. And, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. I like him a lot. I, I, uh, I even pitched into his last Kickstarter that he had to – to just uh, that comic that he's putting out, that anthology one. That's yeah, size, yeah. Size, I well, I have the first one, so yeah, been there. <laughs> awesome, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he's good. Uh, he's a new new blood this year. I think uh, we're, we got Ron Larry for the first time. Ron's a great guy. Um, Bill Walko's coming for the first time. I love him. Now, Bill's uh, been around for a long time. 
Yeah, he is. I just we just haven't had him at Plastic City, so I think you I think you'd be great at our show. I, I agree. Yeah. You know? Um uh, I know there's more. I, I uh, I'm, not, I'm looking it seems at the like list every year point. we get a hint. What's yeah, it's, it's it's really weird because I'm looking at the list and I'm going, uh, Scott Watchup, know him, Jay Moore's, know yeah. him, yeah, Joe Connor, know him, Fanboy Comics, never heard of him. You know, and, and oh, I keep yeah, getting yeah. <laughs> I keep getting stops like that, and I'm going. So this is going to be a kind of half meeting up with a bunch of old friends that I get to see two or three times a year at different uh, events and getting to meet a whole bunch of new people that I haven't seen ever. And I'm yeah, looking forward to it here. Well. Like a lot of those people I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. It's like half and half, but it's good because then I get to meet new people. And then if I see them at other shows, it's a good thing, you know, so I can just get, <laughs> it's just, it's better networking, you know? And the nice thing is, it's all in one building. You're not jumping yeah. around from building to building. It's exactly. a nice enclosed space. So if it's bad weather, you're not having to worry about that. Exactly. Plenty of big no, uh, no root beer guy this year, unfortunately. Uh, had, we had too many uh, problems with it last year that I was just like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this. So. Uh, <laughs> that's gone uh, <laughs> and then um we actually for this year for the first time we're gonna have atms on site which is nice oh, that good idea. Only be yeah. a good thing yeah exactly i wasn't gonna do it until i could get somebody that could um come in for free because i didn't want to pay any kind of rental fees or anything like that because i'm like you know just put a, a fee on the atm that that'll be a profit you know i didn't want to I didn't want to deal with any of that. I mean, yeah. it's like we're already, you know, it's not, not like we're dealing with a million dollar budget either. You know, I, uh, I think so low. Um, I got to also make sure that, you know, we're not getting, we're not paying too much for crazy stuff either. You know, true. Very so, true. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't want to go broke either. <laughs> There's the one good thing about our show is like, we've always, even the first year we didn't, we didn't lose money. So that's one good thing. It's just, but I also got to always stay on top of it because everybody's one of the looking that, for free tables and you know, that oh, kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm not saying a word, not saying a word. Here. <laughs> no, and, I, and I, I didn't mean to imply anything, but I, um, there's, there's a lot of, let's put it this way. There's some creators out there that, um, how can I put this? Tread carefully, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm not going to say anything. There you go. <laughs> I, don't know how to, I don't know how to phrase it correctly without making myself look horrible. But they say no, but not I think worth that, a free but, table but the thing that or you something. Do is because you keep costs down uh, for everything else, you can make sure that people walking in aren't gouged before they get to the creators. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, that was always like my thing with the Boston show or what, what, um, expo became was like, yeah, you know, like I don't want to pay like 45 bucks to get into the show. First of all, 
then on top of that, you got to pay, was it 30 bucks to park there? And then if you go meet a celebrity, you're what? A hundred bucks already into. So, yeah. I mean, my gripe with that always was if you wanted to meet a celebrity, a celebrity and you were going to stay more than one day, one day at the convention, you'd spent $250 before you walked in the door. Exactly. And it's just like, and then what's left for everybody else, you know, all the right, artists yeah. that are just, you know, you have these, make- these <laughs> hundreds of artists who, who are selling their wares for as low as they possibly can just to get their name out there. And people are walking by them to, to get uh, 30 seconds with a celebrity who looks at them, smiles, shakes their hand and signs a picture. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't even do that. That's very <laughs> sometimes true. You just get that, into one of those cattle call things and you just walk up to the person. You can't even say anything, take your picture and then you have to rush out of there, you know? And there are so, some very big shows that are doing that on, on a, on a year to year basis. And, 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 Making good money for everybody at the expense of uh, the expense of all the young up and coming people and artists, Sally, and and it's a shame. It really is. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's no, one, it's one model of doing business, and this is the exact opposite of it. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree. And like, that's what's killing. Like. Uh, most of these shows i think like we're starting to it's weird like i you know that bubble that everyone's talking about that's going to burst one of these days in the last few years i i've noticed like um the attendance is down a little bit everywhere and like um you know the money doesn't people don't seem to be spending as much as shows i don't know if you've noticed it but it's it's been a little bit apparent these last two years that these three day shows are are becoming very very top heavy, for sure. Yeah, I think that's that that's where it's more noticeable. I think you know, like I I've had a little bit of pressure on me to like move to make Plastic City more of a two day show, and I'm you know I'm like thinking about it, but the only reason I would think I would ever go two days is because of you know it's hard the problem I run into with trying to get some comic book guests is that because we're only one day, it doesn't make sense for somebody to fly here and do a one day show and then fly back, you know, the the next day. Um, They want to come in for like a whole weekend, you know? Um, But so far, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking if it's not broke, don't fix it too, you know? Um, well, there, there's an awful lot of uh, one-day mini-cons and micro-cons that have been showing up for a year or two or three and then going away. Yeah, true. It's so, true. I mean, if, if you're in a good position now from, from a standpoint of financial viability, guest viability, and audience viability, you're right where you need to be. Yeah, I think if if um, I think one day is great, and then you don't have, people have to worry about hotels and like you were saying earlier, you know, like um, somebody comes down for the day, like an artist, you can just drive in, 
do their show and get out, and they, you know they don't have any expenses of, outside of gas and maybe food. You know, um, it makes a huge difference. Hotel, yeah, and if you add the hotel, that means you gotta raise. If I go a second day, I gotta raise vendor prices, and you know it's just like a, a lot of stuff and to to consider. Um, yep, I, I think agree. if I did do it, I would do something where you tend to they came on Saturday and, and they kept a ticket. They could come back on Sunday for free. I would do something like that. But, um, you know, I, I just, <clears throat> just for the headache, I, I don't think I would do one more day. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hear yeah, you. I keep I, thinking about it. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I would feel bad uh, for the volunteers that put their time and effort into the show and to ask them to come back on another day again. <laughs> it's like, sure. you know, making them work a part-time job, you know. For, but I think I think that's what makes us like a... Uh, like a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not an oddity, but like um, like um, it's special because right? we, you know, we don't try to go because it's so successful. We don't try to do it two or three times a year. We just I do agree. it the once, one day, and then try to keep it. Like right now, I'm at the level where I want to be. And I don't want to grow any further. You know, I don't want to grow into a giant stadium type of thing. You know, I just. Right now, it's perfect, and I'll try to ride it out as long as we can, you know? Oh, that's <laughs> it, try yeah. to keep things the same price-wise and everything, you know? So Now, is, is Reckless Comics going to have a, a booth there as well? You know, I thought about it, but I'm, it, it's kind of tough to, like, because to, I, I don't want to be tied to table because in case something happens, I like to you know, be able to walk around and just make sure things are moving. You know, there's no problems. So I thought, and my wife and everything's always tied up with admissions and everything. So it's kind of silly that you you've got your own convention and your own company isn't there. That that's kind of weird, man. But I, I get why you're doing it. Yeah, I figured like we're at enough other shows that I could just kind of sit this one out and just just be just run the convention, you know, and just let everything flow. But my comic will be there because Peter from Alterna will be there. So, which so is a nice fun. segue right now oh, because okay, I yeah. want to talk about Mighty Mascots <laughs> being picked oh, up for their their three. They're, they're three episodes run by Alterna Comics. Now, last year, you ran a, uh, a Kickstarter for yep. issue number one of Mighty Mascots, which I have, by the way, and I just oh, love it. Oh, yes. I was one of the first pe- people to, 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 uh, to scoff that puppy up. And um, You know what's good about that, too? Um, hmm. You have a unique collector's item too, because that version of the comic, I only printed up um, enough copies for the Kickstarter um, Kickstarter crowd, basically. And I have one copy for myself, just because I like to have like you know different iterations of everything. But 
um, yeah, if something happens with it, um, that's a good collector's item. The other thing is too, um, it's, it's slightly different from the version that's coming out from Alterna tomorrow. There's like a, there's a different page in the, in the version tomorrow. And there's a lot of dialogue tweaks throughout the whole issue. So it's almost so, like uh, tomorrow's one is a, like a director's cut, I guess, or whatever you gotcha. call Well, uh, <laughs> for, for, for the purposes of, of uh, clarity to the uh, audience, when you hear this on Saturday, it will have been recorded on Tuesday, and it came out on Wednesday, which is actually, for most comic book stores, Thursday. So if you're all now thoroughly confused, uh, when you hear the podcast, <laughs> Just go to your damn local comic book store and ask for Mighty Mascots number one, which came out uh, sometime the week that this podcast aired. <laughs> yeah, and I can. Stores that in this area are definitely getting it. Like, I know uh, Friendly Neighborhood Comics will have it, um, Rubber Chicken Comics, um, Holla Comics, both sets are entertainments. Comics, Larry's comics too, and well, Very I, cool. uh, I know all of those guys are saying they were happy. That's they excellent, friend. Around in this area, anywhere else in the country, I'm not sure. I know Alterna has a list of um, on their website a list of retailers that do carry their books. So if someone in you know in Montana wants to get it they might might be able to check on this site and see um which stores in montana carry it carry alterna and, and that kind of the thing the cool thing was when i was looking it up there is a there is a comic shop in london that is carrying it yeah isn't that crazy <laughs> that's <know>. that's <laughs> like so the, cool i mean you, i know it's really you, cool i look forward to the reviews of it i know right i like and yeah, it's like, uh, it's nuts to think about that, like that your book gets out there, you know, past this country, you know, <laughs> um, I think that's so, a testament to Peter at Alterna. Have you ever had him on the show? I have not, but I would, I definitely want to, uh, if he's going to be at the show, I definitely want to touch base with him and talk to him for sure. Yeah, he should. He loves to do podcasts. He's such a smart guy and I, I love what he's doing with Alterna really do i think uh i think they're going to be one of the premier publishers in the next few years you know well they've done a great job of of cutting prices without cutting quality uh in, yeah, in what's coming out and they've got a ton a ton of titles and yeah how, how did i think go ahead how did that match how did you get put together with them so when I did the Kickstarter, uh, actually right before the Kickstarter, um, I had pitched Mighty Mascots to um, Alterna, but it was in a different form. I was I uh, was working. Do you know the artist uh, Frankie B. Washington? No, Frankie very well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So originally, me and him were doing the mascots. He was doing the art on it. Um, and I was putting it in my anthology book called Breakfast Chronicles that I was releasing, you know, self-publishing it basically. Mm -hmm. um, and I had done two chapters of the Mighty Mascots there. And it was like more of like an origin story 
of like where they came from and how, and the whole story was kind of done from the, um, the professor character's, uh, point of view, Ron mm-hmm. Manny. Who, um, so when I pitched it to Alterna, Peter loved the idea of serial mascots and fighting crime, but he, he was like, you know, like, I think what I want to see on this book is like, I'd rather see the mascots as the stars, not everything being done from this guy's point of view. So he asked me to like, kind of like think about if I wanted to pitch to alternative again to like redo the story. So basically when I did the Kickstarter, that's what I was doing. I was redoing, um, redoing the series and what you saw on the Kickstarter comic is basically six months later from the story that I was telling in Reckless Chronicles when the mascots are basically out and they're actually a, a superhero team now um, and fighting crime. So it wasn't, I didn't have to compromise too much on what I was doing. I just basically had to take the story I was telling and fast forward it like six months later, you know? <laughs> right, right, so right, was, right, right. You know, and then um, so uh, Frankie, I wanted to bring him back as the artist, but he he um, he he didn't want to draw in more of like a superhero style. So um, so I asked him if it was all right if I got a different artist, and he was yeah, he's totally fine with it. So I went and found Ian, which um, Ian is from Indonesia. I found him on Facebook and. Uh, he ended up being just the perfect fit for the book. I think, you know, like I really like his style a lot. Now this is the weirdest thing for me. And, okay. and you're maybe the, the 10th creative person who's, who's come to me with this story of, I found this guy on Facebook, his style matched <laughs> mine. He's from Indonesia and I, I'm in, I'm in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, and somehow we found a way to electronically make this mother work. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so weird how having the internet has connected people in ways ten years ago we couldn't have imagined happening. Yeah, I agree. Like the I always say, the internet's like the the greatest and worst thing that happened to humanity. <laughs> probably <laughs> you know, right. It's, yeah, exactly. And, um, and you're right. I mean, like, um, when I was looking for an artist for this book, I went to a forum. I think it's like a, it's an indie creator forum. And I just put up a post said, Hey, I'm looking for an artist. I had about 40, 40 to 50 submissions. And Ian kind of came in at the last minute and I was like blown away by his stuff. And he, I, I just instantly gave him the job just because I looked at it and I was like, I was like, how is this guy not working for one of the major publishers right now? I mean, he's because he's good. in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, how weird. I, I, I am just, you know, uh, uh, George O'Connor was on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oh, I like George. I uh, love George. He's one of my all-time favorite people. You know, I, I always I always describe him as if if John Cleese played guitar in a metal band, that would be George O'Connor. But, 
and he 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 was talking about uh, his his Silent Night project, and okay. and how his writer, his inker, and his, his artists are all in three different places. And to oh, me, wow. that, it, that's nuts, but it yeah. works. And, and as as people are learning to use the internet for good. <laughs> uh, you know situations like this actually work well for everybody and and we get to see new writers and and, and new artists and, and and new ideas that we would have never been exposed to 10 years ago yeah i agree and and it's the other thing i mean it's so much it's so easier now to to make a comic too than it was say like 15 years ago because now you have the print on demand printers that can print you up, you know, 10 copies if you need it, you know, you wouldn't have, you, you know, before that you'd have to go to like a major printer and get a thousand copies as a minimum, you know? So you know, I, I, I can remember 10 years changer. ago, right. That there were people who had, boxes of their first works still sitting in their basements from 10 years ago because they had to oh, order yeah. so many as a first run. No, oh, yeah, I have a, I still have, I don't know, probably 500 hero envy trades in my uh, basement. <laughs> still, <laughs> I'll never be out of those things. It'll be like uh, nuclear apocalypse wasteland. It'll be like, um, cockroaches and hero envy trades, and that'll be uh, it. <laughs> just start, we we need to start doing time capsules. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> of comic works the past ten years from ten years ago when everybody had to I, do I that. Agree. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I, I uh, back to Mighty Mascots. I'm I'm really proud of this title. I really, um, I think it's such a unique uh, concept. You know, like. Um, and I think it's something that to nerve with kids and adults, um, just for the little bit of feedback I've had um, from people that have read it. Um, uh, a fellow writer um, I met last weekend read the, read the first one, said it invoked um, the mighty heroes when he, when he read it. That's what he thought about. Nice. Remember those guys that used to be on yeah. Mighty Mouse? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, my wife gave it to her boss who gave it to her daughter, who's like seven or eight, and she absolutely loved it. So I, it's like, I think it's appealing to like both kids and adults and, you know, in different ways. But like, I think primarily it's just fun. It's like, um, it's like, it's like a Saturday morning cartoon, like, you know, that you still watch in like the eighties. But that's Saturday what, morning cartoons kind of that don't for. exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know. the kind of stuff you don't see anymore. Yeah, exactly. Cause everything's super serious or, you know, dour or whatever, but you don't have any like fun comics anymore. You know, when somebody <laughs> comes up with a good idea and does a very subtle twist, on something we're all very comfortable with, but something new and ingenious at the same time. It's a lot of fun to watch. That's what's happened with Mighty Mascots, and that's what's happened with Plastic City Comic Con. So if you're oh, listening wow. and you're going to be there, Plastic City is July 13th, which is a Saturday. 
And it is five bucks to get in free parking, kids under 12 free. And uh, and six. And we will be there. Yep. You guys are always there covering the show. We love having you. Um, I think there's a few other uh, podcasts coming. Do you know um, Pint of Comics? Do you know those guys? We don't, but we're gonna we're gonna meet them, and we're gonna yeah, meet them. They're those, they're <laughs> great. <laughs> they're great guys. Um, I think so. Wizard is coming. They're they're great guys too. Um, so all guys that like yourself that just love comics and love shows like. Okay, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Really, always fun having you on. Always fun going to your conventions. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Keen Comic Con, Plastic Cities Comic Con, BooksAndBooze.com, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. If you're looking for a really great gift idea for the rapidly approaching St. Swithin's Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's anthology, My Peculiar Family on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And the My Peculiar Family audiobook is now available on Audible, where all good audiobooks go. Our intro introduction is provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. He'll be on fairly soon. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Their stuff can be found at lawrencemademecry.com. Big hello, Jojo and Salute. Many thanks to the gang tonight. From the Peabody Time Tunnel, the sweetheart of the sound, Rihanna, and Woman of Words Number. And thank you so much, ladies. Just don't say you carry a genie shared things less care to increase. Thus, a few entities talk simply. Enjoy the You have no friends. I know.